Okay, this officially, this meeting is officially called to order. Roll call. Uh, Commissioners Miley. Present. Meow. Present. Sullivan. Present. Telos. Here. Chair Chen. Here. Five present. Okay, we have, do we have any non-agenda public comment? We do not. Okay, we're moving at warp speed now. <laughs> we're gonna con uh, start oh, the- somebody just raised their hand. Oh, so someone just raised their hand. Remotely, yeah. Okay, non so non-agenda non public comment. Each speaker is limited to three minutes. And uh, let's hear from the speaker. Okay, great, it's Carmen Reed. Hi there, good evening commissioners. Um, so I thought that I would just chime in for a second. Uh, you know, I was waiting about five minutes um, to be able uh, to access the meeting, right? So you guys are running about five minutes late. And so when you, when that happens, I think it would be fair to wait a couple of minutes at least, right? Uh, to open it up to public comment, uh, just to sort of get adjusted and, you know, so that the public is aware, right? That, oh, okay, now the meeting is starting and, uh, you know, just to to allow for that for that transparency. The other thing that I wanted to, to mention is that when I, when I opened up the agenda item, um, you know, a few minutes ago, the, the hyperlink wasn't working. So, um, so I had to copy and paste that link into the browser. So, which is fine, obviously, you know, people can do that. But uh, then I noticed about a minute ago, well, about two minutes ago now, then, then, then the uh, hyperlink was working. So someone changed it, okay? So just to be aware that it does seem like, you know, changes are happening, et cetera, et cetera. And um, it would be really helpful if that hyperlink on the agenda is blue also, right? So that's another, you know, transparency issue. And uh, it does work a lot better when it, when it is in fact hyperlinked so that people can participate from their, from their iPhones or, you know, from their cell phones more, more easily. But anyway, I just wanted to mention that. And like I said, because when you open up and within seconds, just state that you want public comment or that you're asking for a couple, you know, you're, that you're opening it up for, for public comment. Um, I think it would be prudent to wait at least a couple of minutes just to allow for that adjustment since, since you guys are running late. Thank you very much. Thank you. And now we have waited three minutes to, for any additional public comment. And we do have one more speaker now. Okay, thank you. Jay Garfinkel. Good evening. Um, this is really amazing. I think uh, uh, Carmen Reed was right on. I mean, I've been sitting here waiting for the meeting to start. I walked out of the room, came back, and evidently you had already called for and then passed on the opportunity for uh, public speakers. You know, uh, I've been following the commission for probably four or five years. And while the commission is tasked with uh, enforcing, I guess, the, the Sunshine Ordinance, it is not tasked with guaranteeing open, openness of the government. What the Sunshine Ordinance does, it makes sure that agendas are published on time and that people are able to do public records at uh, request and receive their responses in time. 
but I have rarely seen the commission do anything, anything at all that would lead to a more open government. Generally what happens, people file complaints, the city's attorneys then uh, uh, spend all their time dancing and showing how what the council did is totally legitimate and the, and the complaints are considered then unfounded. I think that uh, while you are doing what you were uh, uh, tasked to do when you were appointed, I think there's a tremendous opportunity for you to recommend changes in the uh, way the uh, uh, openness of government is carried out. Tonight's complaint is very complex. The city is undoubtedly gonna say that everything uh, is available on the website. Unfortunately, the city's website is very poorly linked. It's very difficult to find out Excuse what's me, going on. Excuse me, Mr. Garfinkel, uh, were, these are non-agenda items. Yes. You're free to comment uh, during the I hearing. I am. I am commenting on a non-agenda item. Okay. And um, what I'm commenting on, I'm saying tonight's complaint is an example of how uh, the uh, the uh, city attorney and the staff take the opportunity to respond to complaints by saying, oh, it's there, you just have to go find it. And what I'm suggesting is that the commission recommend a process that involves the public in the various uh, processes that the staff is engaged in. A lot of these things that are put forward to the council and then the council rubber stamps are carried out at numerous commission meetings, board meetings and such. It's very difficult for the average person to keep track of what's going on. Unless they have a special interest and know how to find the, uh, the various agendas, the city, the, the citizens don't know what's going on behind the scenes at, at City Hall. So I'm suggesting that this commission take the opportunity to recommend to the city uh, how to make some uh, changes that will actually ensure uh, citizen uh, participation in government and allow them to be aware of what's going on. Thank you. Thank you. Are there any more public comments? No, there are no more. Okay, thank you. All right, let's move on to the complete hearing. Uh, here's how it will go. The complainant has an opening statement and presentation of facts and has 10 minutes to do so. The respondents has an opening statement and presentation of facts and has 10 minutes to do so. The complainants have five minutes to, re to reply to the respondents presentation of facts. And then the commissioners will question parties and witnesses if needed. The commissioners are limited to five minutes per commissioner for any questions you may have. Then the complainants have a closing statement of two minutes. The respondents have a two minute closing statement. And after that, uh, we will ask if there are any speakers specific to this complaint. So following the speakers, the commissioners um, have, can decide to make a motion for discussion. Uh, and that discussion is, uh, is not timed, but I or a supermajority vote can set a time. The possible decisions as a result of this hearing 
are one, complaint sustained with cure and correct recommendation, two, complaint sustained without cure and correct recommendation, three, complaint denied, four, complaint denied as unfounded, and complaint dismissed on jurisdictional or procedural grounds. Okay, so with that, I invite our complainant to present her opening statement. Thank you. Um, uh, I, I do understand what the second caller was talking about because that was actually my, my main problem. So Could you speak into the mic? Can, is that better? Yes, perfect. I'm too short or too tall on the other. No, okay. the mic is the wrong height. Funny, right? <laughs> okay, so my name is Shelby Sheehan. I actually live in one of the big whites. And um, I'm very concerned about the historic preservation or the lack thereof, and that's what, what got me looking at this project in the first place. Um, I do appreciate you guys uh, spending time here. I watched the um, meeting from last month, it was, and um, I, I kind of, uh, when I saw the procedures for it, I kind of thought it probably wasn't enough time, and you know, I sent an uh, objection to procedure, which I do think is valid, but I am also confident that uh, you're very thoughtful in your process, so I, I, I do appreciate that, and I, I, I look forward to uh, the process tonight as well. So, um, so when I uh, looked at the West Midway project, I got my one and only um, public notice. It really didn't have any information on it at all, but at least I'm pretty internet savvy, and um, I was able to look at the planning agenda, and uh, before I go any further than that, I just want to tell you that there's like, there's been like 20 meetings about projects over in the historic district, and I, and they've only published three public notices about them, and um, I've only gotten one. So just as a matter of record, um, I didn't get one for the city council meeting or anything like that either. So um, that's the first problem. And then uh, when I try to find out information about the uh, West Midway project. Um, I was totally confused because the project that I saw on the planning board's um, agenda was nothing like what I, the one thing that I saw uh, on the city's website, which was the base reuse website. You only knew it was there if you did a keyword search. It would take you to the base reuse website, and it was just a map, and it looked like it was the 2018 project, which was vastly different, and it didn't have any information. You didn't know if it was active. You didn't know what meetings were upcoming. You didn't. You, you just didn't have any information about like what you could do to participate or what's been what's been happening. So, that's what started me on my journey, and um, <clears throat> and so my first concern was about the historic preservation, which is one of the major things that is not in the uh, project itself. That's not necessarily a procedural issue ex to the extent of the Sunshine Ordinance, except that their CEQA declarations and their environmental reviews are not adequate, they are, um, they're insufficient. They, the uh, AP, um, Alameda Point EIR, for example, has an impact on historical resources in the vicinity that, that is uh, impact 4D5, and that impact is not mentioned anywhere in any of the current documents. Um, and and uh, there's not, I'd say that the environmental document the secret is not exactly accurate. It minimizes things and it glosses over the fact that it's not well referen referenced. 
and it's incomplete. And so that was, that was <clears throat> one of my first clues that I wanted to look into it more because it didn't make any sense. So um, the next thing I did was uh, try to find, I saw the reshape, par reshape parcels weighted, and I couldn't figure out how you could go from what's in the midway, the uh, Main Street specific plan to what the project is in front of us, because the Main Street specific plan and the uh, earlier documents, except for the ones that were submitted in 2023, all have, um, are all compliant with the Main Street plan. And when I saw the 2023 plan that was double the density and all these changes that hadn't been adequately, adequately reviewed, even though the city, the city claims it did, it didn't appear to be to me, and um, it's also not compliant with the approved project in the um, Alameda Point uh, EIR. Um, so there's just so many differences, and you, despite the fact that the city says it is compliant, they don't have any references to say, okay, here is the citation from this document that it's compliant with. Here's the citation from this document that it says compliant with. So my reading of the same documents is that it's completely out of compliance. And um, you've read everything that I wrote, I hope. I know it was a lot, but it is a lot, right? <laughs> it's two huge 10-year projects that in the last year have just been, you know, all the spaghetti's been thrown at the wall, and I couldn't even catch up with it. I'm still looking for the documents and the source documents and how things changed. And um, the last thing I sent uh, was the example, which was the, um, the staff summary for the reshape project, reshape project at the July 18th City Council meeting, which is what they decided on. The staff report is full of errors. I just used that as, as one example. There's errors throughout for the last five years from 2018 on um, that material impact, material imp materially impact a policy body's um, ability to know uh, what, what, what's going on with the project, what's changed, what, what's compliant, what's not compliant, what's up for review, who's reviewed it so far, and who's made those decisions. And there, to the extent that um, it, there's kind of a complacence believing what's in the, uh, what's a secondary report rather than looking at primary reports. And then um, because of that, because there, there is no accessibility of the primary reports, we, we've had to rely on these secondary reports. Um, what I found, um, aside from the secondary reports not being accurate, which is the third thing, was that the city's website doesn't have any of these documents. Uh, they're buried in the legislar, and you have to keyword it and look for it and look for it and know what meeting. And they're also very complex documents, so it would be nice if the, if the staff report was more um, accurately informational. Um, because it took me really like a... a it's been about three months. It really took me about a month to really get a handle on what was going on. Like, what's an ENA? What's a DA? What's a term sheet? What, what legal ramifications of it has? What's the process that it goes through? Who's next, you know? And um, when you're relying on just a, a, a verbal report that says, oh, it's fine, and you go, well, it must be fine because it says so, that's not good enough. And then looking back, when I finally found the documents, it didn't match the law, and it didn't match what the previous document said either. So um, that, 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 that's a big problem. So I couldn't participate. Even the people that made um, the vote didn't material participate because they were led by information that wasn't complete, accurate, and objective. So, um, um, so 
what I also believe is true is that the city attorney is supposed to vet all these reports before they're published. And because of these inaccuracies, it was either poorly vetted or not vetted at all. And because of that, that is another uh, reason why the public didn't participate and there's been errors in this project moving forward. Sorry, I have to raise my hand. Um, so, hold on, sorry, sorry. Thank you. Um, so, um, then, so the attorney uh, review, I, you know, I don't believe that there's an endorsement on it and they're supposed to endorse them. So if they've endorsed them like this, that's a problem. And if they haven't endorsed them, that's a problem as well because they haven't been in their statutory duties either way. Um, and then uh, the fourth thing I would say is that they, there really isn't information on, on the website, on any website. And even right now, if you go to the website, there's inaccurate and old information on it. There's no call to action. You don't have any status. And, I, and um, I think that in, on the front of the website, it should be, here's the public notices, here's the projects in, in, uh, that are in action, especially a big one like this, you know, that's gonna change the base forever. You should have it front and center at all times. Um, and a pu the public, these things that are called public hearings where uh, in like the city council meeting, you can talk for two minutes and then everybody ignores you and votes the way they want anyway. That's not what I've ever would call a public hearing. There's usually, a back and forth answering question, you know, it, and that really, if I have, why did you move the reshape? Have you evaluated it? What's the benefit to the, um, to the uh, uh, supportive partners? I, I should be able to look at that at a, at a public hearing and ask questions. And instead, like uh, the second caller said, it's really just an exercise in futility by them because pretty much they've made up their mind. So um, I don't really call that a public hearing. Um, as you can see, it got passed, no, you know, no matter what the objections are, and other people were hurrahing it when it's really, what ultimately happened to the uh, reshape parcel is it's completely being exploited at, um, by the market rate site. It got it reduced by four acres, and the market rate got, got increased by four acres. The density is double at the, re at the reshape site than it is at the um, market rate site. They've taken on all the affordable housing units when it was supposed to be just for the supportive partners. They've changed it from its ideal preferred location that was codified in the, uh, in the Main Street plan and put it half to the other side. So they're not getting any benefit from that. So no, thank you. Thank you, you. you have a chance with your sure, rebuttal after you. this. Okay, let's hear from the city. Good evening, commissioners, uh, uh, and um, my name is Lynn Islanian, and I'm an assistant city attorney for the city of Alameda, and I'm here to provide the city's response to Ms. Sheehan's Sunshine Ordinance complaint and answer any questions the commission may have. Um, also with me is Andrew Thomas, whose uh, current title is Acting Base Reuse and Economic Development Director, but who, of course, uh, until quite recently was the city's longtime planning director. Um, Mr. Thomas was the staff, primary staff person in charge of the West Midway slash reshape project that's the subject of this complaint. Um, and for reference purposes, I'll just revert to that project as West Midway going forward. Um, in my brief time today, I'd like to focus the commission's uh, um, attention on the core issue here. Um, and that's, that is Ms. Sheehan's claim that staff 
violated the Sunshine Ordinance um, requirements regarding the availability of documents for the West Midway Council, the Council hearing uh, on the West Midway project on July 18th. Um, I would note that Ms. Sheehan filed her complaint on July 11th, um, and so under the 15-day time limit for Sunshine Ordinance complaints, uh, the earliest date that the Commission can look back to um, is June 26, and any claims regarding what staff may or may not have done or allegedly did or did not do prior to June 26 are time barred. Um, as to staff's actions after June 26, um, which are of course the, the purview of this commission, the record is crystal clear that all public uh, documents regarding the West Midway project were available and accessible to the public at the July 18th hearing, um, and that staff complied with all Sunshine Ordinance requirements. Um, and I'd like to speak about those um, specific requirements. Um, the Sunshine Ordinance sets forth two primary requirements that are applicable in this case to what, as to what documents must be made available in advance of a council hearing on a particular item and how those documents must be made available. The first requirement is that all documents that are material to a matter anticipated for discussion must accompany the agenda. And uh, material refers to, um, refers to the fact that, uh, refers to the process by which staff, in staff's best judgment, and as the um, policy experts that are most familiar with a given project, um, the material documents uh, are documents that they call and provide um, and that they believe um, are important for council to have in front of them to guide and inform council's decision making on a given project. Um, and material also refers to all documents that may, may be needed to provide the public with relevant context and background information so that the public is fully informed on a given project. And so once staff determines what documents are material, the central ordinance of course requires that those documents be included as attachments to the agenda item in the published agenda. And so in exhibits A, B, and C to the written response um, that the city filed uh, in response to this complaint, I've provided the commission with uh, screenshots of the July 18th agenda and linked Legistar pages that list all of these material documents um, and also include the detailed project staff reports that uh, staff prepared in compliance with the Sunshine Ordinance. Um, the second requirement at issue is the availability of CEQA documents. Uh, as you know, CEQA stands for California Environmental Quality Act. Um, and of course, uh, in the CEQA process, uh, when the city is uh, studying a large land area like Alameda Point or a uh, policy of broad application like the general plan, um, typically uh, a public entity like the city will prepare an environmental impact report. Um, and those CEQA EIRs, as they're called, often run for thousands of pages and they're, they're very technical, they're very expensive to prepare. Um, and so it's very common for the city to um, use those EIRs, uh, which have a broad application, uh, to, you know, to prepare the studies and then um, rely on those EIRs for later, more specific projects. Um, and so because of that, because those reports are, are extremely lengthy technical documents um, with broad application, 
What the Sunshine Ordinance says is that the city needs to have those documents available on a standing basis on the city's website. Um, and because those documents are already available on a standing basis, they aren't normally included in the, as exhibits to a council item. And rather, they're referenced in the staff report to the council item, and the public can then go on and reference them at any time by looking on the city's website. Um, and so it's worth, uh, and finally, uh, it's worth pointing out that in addition to, um, in this case, in addition to the staff reports that reference the general plan and Alameda Point EIRs, which are available on the city's website, um, the council staff report for the West Midway project also included an extensive CEQA findings and an overall environmental review recommendation to council, as every staff report to council does, and staff attached a project-specific CEQA checklist and mitigation monitoring plan so that all of the project-specific environmental impacts were before the council and before the public prior to the July 18th hearing, and that is standard practice of the city. Um, and uh, staff's compliance with this Sunshine Ordinance, these Sunshine Ordinance requirements is shown in exhibits D, E, and F uh, to the city's response memo. Um, and now briefly, I know we are, uh, don't have too much time, but I'd like to introduce Mr. Thomas, who can provide a few brief comments on how staff determined what documents were material and thus were included in the, on the agenda. Thank you, Len. As Len said, I'm Andrew Thomas, former planning director for the city of Alameda for over 10 years and now acting base reuse manager. Um, big, complicated project, been going on for many years. Um, many public hearings before the city council and planning board pre uh, occurred uh, in the year leading up to the final council meeting on July 18th. Um, two planning board hearings and a council workshop um, about eight months prior to the final public hearing. So um, we included what we had to do at, at the staff level is identify the, as Len said, the material documents, the key documents that we felt were essential to include in the packet to inform the council and the public as to what the decisions were being made at the, at the meeting um, that night. Um, this afternoon, I went back to that packet to look at all, look them over again. Over 18 exhibits, over a thousand pages of material was included in that packet. Um, complicated project, really two projects that were inter that are linked. So, not surprising, but a lot of information. Um, as Len said, we've used the Alameda. We used two EIRs to for the environmental review of this of these. Um, Two projects. We included our mitigation measures as as our one of those exhibits. But that document alone is over 20 pages, um, and all of our CEQA findings. I will also just point out that we've used those EIRs, um, the Alameda Point EIR, for over seven years, and we've always used it as a background reference document, and then tiered off of it. And this is not a choice. This is what CEQA requires cities to do. So that's the that's what we do. Um, we have never once had a, somebody come to us and say, we can't find that EIR. Um, the general plan EIR is um, a little bit more recent. It's only two years old, but we've also used it a number of times um, as a base document to then tear off for, for um, later subsequent projects. Um, never had a problem 
nobody's ever had a problem finding those EIRs on our city website. I checked this weekend. You can just go on to Google, type in Alameda Point EIR. It'll pop right up. Same with general plan EIR. Um, so for those reasons, we don't feel the need to reproduce another 1,000-page document and place it you know, into, the, into the record um, or as, part, as an attachment to the staff report. Um, this is not the first time we've done this. This is our basic practice that we've been following. Um, and it's also consistent with the California Environmental Quality Act and, and, and the procedures that are established by that state law. Um, we're talking about projects here that are, have already been cleared by our City of Alameda housing element, cleared from a CEQA standpoint, and have been cleared through a specific plan process. So we have um, um, a number of state laws that sort of dictate how we, how we work with CEQA and, um, in terms of tiering and streamlining the environmental review in these kinds of situations. This is a project that's over 40% affordable housing. So there's a whole nother tier of state laws that talk about how we should be streamlining that process. Um, Thank you. Okay, Ms. Sheehan, you have five minutes to uh, reply. Sure, thank you. Um, I, I don't know if it, there's some obfuscation going on from uh, the, the city's uh, point of view there. The, my, the issue isn't that not everything was there. There's a lot of issues like there were, they weren't, there were, there was, a lot of things missing from the website or broke links that were broken or um, as, as I actually um, emailed Lara and asked her, told her I couldn't find things, I asked her to find the uh, Alameda Point EIR for me and she gave me a link to the finance. So if the clerk can't find it, it wasn't findable at that time, you know, um, and it certainly wasn't available when they're making the other, other decisions. and. Um, about, uh, what's the word, um, timeliness, what is it called, time barred? Um, any document that they reference in the uh, staff report, no matter when it was uh, uh, authored, should be available and accessible at all times and certainly in time for someone ahead of the meeting to view it. So um, I, I think I wrote a list of the documents that were needed, not part of the agenda, mind you. Links would have been good. Like if there was a working link on the, uh, on the agenda that he could prove that the AP um, EIR was, link was working when I wanted it, wanted to find it the two weeks beforehand, that would have been great. You know, it would have been some evidence. But um, like I said, I have evidence. I tried to get the link from Laura and she didn't, she didn't have a, a working link. And she had to repair some of the links. And then again, uh, the um, the information on the city websites right now are inaccurate, incomplete, and old. So you, you and don't have the full the full information. You know, if you go to the base to find the uh, West Midway project, you can go to the base reuse website and you'll see they have two pictures: one of the 2018 reshape and one of the 2020 West Midway. Not accurate. Not like here's the ad, this is the first of it. Here's some links to, to go to find the current one. You know it's in process. So there the reference documents. There's no link. They're and they're not available. And um, what the staff report said was true was not true. For example, the housing element. He mentioned the uh, uh, Mr. Thomas mentioned the um, 
Alameda Point EIR, that is the guiding document for the project. The housing element is not a regulatory document. The general plan, the Main Street specific plan, is the superseding regulatory document, so you can't go against the Main Street plan. The general plan says that's the document. The zoning ordinance says that's the document. The APEIR says they're going to develop a document, and that's going to be the document. So it's out of compliance with that. It's out, it's out of compliance with the Main Street uh, specific plan. Reshape never should have been bombarded and moved. You know, that was codified in there so it would protect it. And um, it, I, the, the thing that bothers me most is there's just been, been this song and dance to just completely degrade the reshape side. They're trying to say, oh, it's affordable housing. Yeah, but they're, you know, grateful people, you know, poor people have to be grateful. No, it should comply with what they agreed to. You know, they agreed to give up their, their land for, and go over into a corner that's smaller, and they were guaranteed this high-quality campus, and um, excuse me. I don't talk this long anymore. I work from home. And anyway, so they, you know, so changing it at all is really a violation. Minor changes, anything more than, you know, statistically significant would be 5 to 10%, right? You know, and this is completely changed and no rationale. Whatever meetings that were that were done or however it was decided to move it, however it was decided to load it up with the affordable housing, uh, to shrink it, um, and then report in the uh, staff report that it, th we always had it at this size, you know, it's, it, it's misleading and um, it's unconscionable, you know, and uh, if the accurate information had been out there, if the policymaker had been aware of this, it wouldn't have been passed, I'm sure. And if people knew, you can tell nobody knows about it, that it's done either, because I'm the only one talking about it. You know, so it hasn't gotten enough um, evaluation. And I, and I defy Mr. Thomas to, to say where he has documented and done metrics and, de and decided why, why they moved it and, and shown it to the public, because it's not there. It's just not there. And that's a violation of the Sunshine Ordinance. So you, uh, so I agree with Mr. Thomas. It doesn't have to be attached. I, I got it. The, the things that were attached, those are right. But you have to have the rest accessible. And I could not find them. Thank you. So at this point, the commissioners can ask clarifying questions of all the parties involved. The discussion will follow subsequent to after hearing later on in this hearing. Do any of you have any questions of city attorney, of Ms. Sheehan? I have some questions. Um, so I'd first, I just, about the process itself, uh, I think this is probably to the city attorney. When the agendas are posted, and if a member of the public feels like there's something not accessible that they should be notified about, what do they do? What are they supposed to do? Like, it's the, the agenda's posted, and then it's heard seven days later, right? Twelve. So if, if there's something not on there that they feel that is not on there, what do they do? What's the recourse? Um, well, I believe they could contact the city clerk and see if there's um, some 
some document that was inadvertently n not posted that should have been posted, then um, they can also, uh, this on every staff report, the um, primary uh, staff member uh, is listed and they can reach out to that person and you know see if there's a particular document that um, inquire as to why a particular document wasn't included as an exhibit and wasn't included in the list of what the city staff determined to be material to the project. Okay. Um, so. So, and, and as far as the Sunshine Ordinance is concerned, when they say available, is the Sunshine Ordinance say available online or just available or is it interpreted as available online? You mean as to the CEQA, doc, the CEQA documents? Any of it. Like, let's say I didn't have a computer. How are the documents made available to me physically or is that not required? Uh, well, all, and is, are you, just, you're talking any document that could potentially be related to a project or specifically the material documents that are attached to the agenda item? Well, according to the Sunshine Ordinance, anything that is material is supposed to be provided. Correct. Right? So if I get the agenda and I don't have a computer, where do I see those documents? So or is there a, play, a repository somewhere? Or? Um, if you don't have a computer and need a physical document, uh, you could always, uh, remember the public could always make a, a public records act request to uh, the city clerk's office. And uh, I assume we, even, I assume those are readily available. Those physical printout documents are read, readily available if they've been attached as agendized, uh, attached to an agendized public item as exhibits. So they can make an appointment with the city to come down here and look at everything? They don't even need an appointment. We just have a copy in the clerk's office. There's also a copy in the main library. Oh, great. Okay, and when it comes to, um, I'm not sure if this is you or Mr. Thomas maybe also be able to answer this. When they're making these documents, like what's material? Is it what's material for council to make the decision as well as what's material to put the public on notice? So is it a two-prong test or is it only material to council to make the decision? I think it's fair to read material as both, um, okay. both the documents that are required to in inform council's decision, uh, but also to inform the public as to what the project is and what the implications of the decision will be. Okay, and the um, Ms. Sheehan had complained that um, this, this project, though I don't wanna go into the substance, that's nothing, that's not our issue here, but that it was affecting the historic purview of, of, of the point. I'm assuming that both of these projects have gone through the HAB and planning, several different. So neither of these projects are actually located in the historic district. They're oh. on the edge of the district. So what we did, and this is true of all environmental questions, we, we attached this document, which we, is in, it was an attachment, it was called the um, CEQA checklist. So um, and then the mitigation measures. So what that checklist is, is it's with each new project that comes along, we're using an older document. What we do is we do these checklists. So we go through each environmental issue, aesthetics, biology, traffic, and we look at the original um, analysis and then, uh, and then do the analysis, update it essentially for this project. And those are according to the current general PAN design review yes, and things, those exactly. standards? exactly. Okay. So in this case, we looked at the new projects, West Midway and Reshape, not in the district, 
no historic buildings being removed as a result of these projects. We looked at sort of what's the scale of the new development next to the historic district. We looked at all those questions um, and then disclosed our findings in that document, which in this case was that the, de the development of, 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 of residential units of three to four stories adjacent to the historic district, which includes buildings of three to five stories, two to one to five stories, would not be an environmental impact. That was disclosed and published 10 days before the planning hearings, planning board hearings. So they were out in public, out for public review for in early May all the way through late July when the council, so first the planning board analyzed those findings and said, yes, we agree with those findings and we recommend these findings to the city council. And then a month, a month later, the city council basically had the benefit of not only the staff recommendation in writing, but also the review of their planning board on those findings. So there were several planning board meetings on this project. Yes. So, and if, if something were to a material effect a historic neighborhood, HAB would be brought in at that point by oh, planning, right? Absolutely. Okay, and there was no planning on, on or there was no HAB meetings on any of this? No, there was because no. Because it didn't fall right, into exactly. that? Exactly. Okay. The CEQA guidelines and also the Historic Preservation Guidelines for the city say that any project that could impact re historic resources in the vicinity of the project um, need to be reviewed and mitigation, avoidance or mitigation, right? So um, the, the uh, boundary of the historic district is right across the street from the project, uh, over to Orion, so, so on Midway, Pan Am to Orion, and then all the way down Pan Am. So when Reshape was uh, on the east side, um, then it wasn't so much of a problem. And also went, excuse me, HAB did actually review it in November of 2022, but it was not the new configuration. And they were told by, it was a 10 minute courtesy um, uh, presentation by Alan Ty, I think it was, and he said, "Oh, don't worry about it. We're not doing the we're not doing the design yet." So um, he didn't. They did not record what their um, concerns or objections were. They didn't consider them uh, in the plan, and they didn't answer their questions. That's the only time the HAB has reviewed it, and um, that impact that I just told you about in the vicinity is about 300 yards. So the first 100 feet off Midway to Orion, I did a little circle thing with my Google Earth. Um, would be, was in, would be within 300 feet, and then all the way down Pan Am with 300 feet, and um, uh, so all of and not only that, but every uh, sub area is supposed to follow historic guidelines as well, and and preserve the historic character um, that's that is in uh, at Alameda Point because. Um, Alameda Point is supposed to really glorify our history, our historic maritime um, architecture, and really make you feel like a sense of place is one of the big things they say. And so when uh, so when you do these cookie cutter tall five tower five story towers that look like every other city in America, it that it's it just doesn't do it. Got and it. putting a three to four story structure with no setback right against the sidewalk with one story next to it mm. impairs it. Would you guys mind if I asked her just a couple of more questions? You have three minutes. <laughs> so, um, so 
may I ask? I don't want to put you on the spot, but I, mean, I guess I'm, this is a good time to I put you on the really spot. I've really looked at it a um, lot. How long have you been involved in this project? In, since May 22nd? Of this with, year? Yeah, when, when I got the one and only public notice and had nothing on it. It didn't even have a link or anything like okay. that. And What have I done for the last three months? No, Spent no, no, every no, no, no. That's single bit of spare time on it. It's really been My next question is this. Um, when you had talked and complained about links being broken and the like, mm -hmm. had, had you brought that to the attention of the clerk's office? Yes. And did you know that you could go to the library and review these documents without having a computer or a link? Well, the Sunshine Ordinance says, you know, computer's very convenient for me, and, you know, you can do a searchable database. Um, that, that would be more difficult for me and probably most people because searching through paper, right? And it's really not a database type of thing. But I probably wouldn't have known what to look for. I, I just kept searching and searching and searching until I could find things. Um, you know, and like I said, I didn't even know what was important and what was not, you know. So um, it was really a, a high barrier. But um, uh, she, she, uh, Lara was able to fix some of the links that were broken. Um, she, we couldn't find the um, final EIR. Um, I didn't have the uh, general plan working link until recently. Um, now, now that's, they've got a beautiful website now that's really easily clickable, but they didn't at the time. And to not have it ahead of time, I mean, I think you'd need it at least 30, you know, that means nobody prior had it, and, you know, I didn't have it but two weeks before the uh, city council meeting. So I didn't have time. To, you know, I, like I said, every like spare minute I've been looking at it and the, the hurdle to get over all the complicated things and the fact to find out that this report, this staff report says this, but that's not backed by the primary uh, reference. You know, that's different than what it is. So like I said, it either wasn't vetted by the attorney, which is bad, or if it was vetted, that's bad too because we didn't have access to the primary documents, so we, so we had to rely on the secondary documents, and they're, they're not accurate, and they're biased. Okay, thank you. That's all I have for now. Okay. Are there any other questions? Uh, I guess I'll uh, take a stab, excuse me. <clears throat> Um, I don't know if this is for the city attorney or maybe the city clerk. Just um, believe the complainant mentioned Legistar, and I just want to, uh, I think, first confirm that's the repository that the city keeps, the online repository. Correct. That's oh. where all of the agendas are. Your agenda is generated in Legistar, and it gets posted on the website. The website's technically called Insight, but it's all the same. And, and so I, I think you now maybe this might be for planning staff, city attorney, um, just kind of as I'm listening, uh, I'm just wondering if there's reference material like a CEQA document that's too large, that's you know not going to be included as a material document. Um, was it linked in the staff report? I, I couldn't tell looking at the agenda if it was linked. Um, you know, what's the barrier to including links to reference material? Uh, that seems like a pretty straightforward thing to do in this day and age. Uh, they weren't, there was no hyperlink to the Alameda point or um, general plan EIRs in the staff report. That's just not typical practice in the city. Um, but uh, again, they, they were referenced in the staff report and, and then are available um, uh, through a quick search of the city's website or, or even a quick Google search. Um, I, 
I would like to say that um, I'm not aware of any broken links or um, documents that were supposed to have been posted but were not available. I'm, I'm just not aware of, I haven't seen any um, evidence of that, but um, I, I do just want to make that clarification as well. Okay, appreciate that. You know, I, I think uh, um, I think that um, this is just actually is for questions, right? Not comments. Yeah. So I'll I leave it at that. Thank you. Only if you're asked a question, I'm afraid. Well, I'd like to ask Madam City Clerk if the links were broken. Um, when I received the um, email from Ms. Sheehan, and there were several different emails, I responded uh, with all of the appropriate links and I asked staff, it's not my department's website, that, that's under um, the base reuse department, and so I asked them to double check it. They went and double checked it and confirmed, and um, I even received response emails from Ms. Sheehan thanking me that they were all working, so. So, so, they, so they weren't broken? No, I, th I think sometimes people, if they have old links and saved or something, sometimes they don't work or because th the, the websites sometimes change and, you know, whatever. But if you had Googled it or looked on the city's website just by d drilling through or done a search on the city's website, I couldn't find any. And, and I don't know where Ms. Sheehan had the previous links that she sent me. Okay. Yeah, I, I do remember um, previous meetings we had and a previous complaint that it had something to do with like the cache memory because I also had an issue on mine, but then it's like if you redid it and you cleared your cache, then they would work. So it is sort of a, a theme, but I think that it, it was the same, it was a meeting and we were live all doing it, I was doing it live too, and it's like a lot of the population on that meeting was able to access it but there were some people who weren't able to access it. So it makes it sort of hard to say, hey, was it broken or not broken? Well, technically it wasn't broken, but for some people it was not accessible, maybe due to their computers and stuff. But So it is a theme and I just wanna bring that one up because I think at that meeting we're saying, well, who's right? I think, well, technically you're both right. Well, if you can't get on the computer, then it's not working, but then the, the person right next to you could get it and it was working, so it's just sort of one of those weird things. These links weren't actually the agenda item links. These were links to the master documents hosted on the website. So it was it was a different circumstance. Different it wasn't it. the ones attached to the agenda that were ever a problem. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So like. Yeah, because before it was the agenda. I remember the okay. situation you're talking about. Yeah. So this one is slightly different in that they were okay. just on the website. Okay. Just wanted to bring that one up because it's like, hey, I think both sides are telling the truth. I don't think anyone's not saying anything there, but there's, we've had, we've had these complications. Commissioner Clinton. Uh, yes, come on up. Once, once Laura told the base reuse that they were broken, then they were fixed. I went to the base reuse website. I wasn't using a cache. I used different computers. I have a PC and um, a, a laptop. So, it wasn't until Laura notified the base reuse department that the links were broken that they were fixed. And the one that still was not fixed was the um, the EIR. I couldn't find the e uh, Alameda EIR until uh, Andrew Thomas provided it to me. And now I can find it, Google and stuff like that. So there has been changes since my complaint, which are good, but it's still not fixed. So. Okay. 
Okay, do we have any more questions? All right, the next step is, she's going to be, complaints, closing statement, complainants, closing statement. So you have two minutes. Thank you. Um, so the spirit and intent of the Sunshine Ordinance is for the public to have easy access to all information needed to, to meaningfully participate in the process, right? Okay, and that means easily accessible documents. Um, I'd say a welcoming sort of attitude on the website of like an information that tells you that this is coming up. Um, you know, there's a bar that you can go above, right? And um, also uh, the veracity of the secondary reports provided should absolutely be 100%. And along with that, they should provide references or links, excerpts and citations from the primary documents. Because uh, like I said, the CEQA, the CEQA checklist, um, I saw it. The one in 2023 is kind of like a, a mess. And the one in 2018 was like, that seemed like a regular document. And, uh, and there, nowhere was there mention um, that uh, the APEIR requires um, a, an additional environmental review if projects are in the vicinity of historic resources. And one of the, the, uh, one of the uh, important values of the Big Whites area and the residential area that's just across the street, and you know they have the little bungalows too, are the vistas and the, uh, the, the proportions. And one of the things that uh, they say in the APEIR is that all the new construction should be subordinate to the uh, historic resources. So if you block the view, or you don't use the right vegetation, or you change the uh, spatial relationships, is what they call it, then that degrades the resource. So um, anything that will degrade the resource um, needs to be mitigated to the extent possible it, to, it, if you can't be avoided. So that is something that they did not do and they should have done, and it's not even included in their secret document. So that's a problem, right? That's one. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, commissioners. Um, I'll keep this fairly brief. Um, again, there are two pertinent requirements of the Sunshine Ordinance uh, with respect to Ms. Sheehan's complaint. One is that all material documents, um, which staff has determined are material, are included with the posted agenda item. Uh, in this case, they all were um, and, uh, and are published on the city's website. And the second is that the CEQA documents that are referenced um, in the staff report um, and are relevant to the project are also available on the city's website, and that is the case here. Um, so staff fully complied with the Sunshine Ordinance. Um, I would like to um, also just note that um, it's clear that many of Ms. Sheehan's uh, claims in tonight and in her written statements are substantive claims about the project, um, and of course that is uh, perfectly uh, acceptable subject for uh, commentary to council and planning board and other substantive public bodies, uh, but um, the things she's uh, claiming were done incorrectly are not the proper um, subject of a Sunshine Ordinance complaint, as you know. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. So, let's see. We now have, oh, speakers. And we do have one, Jay Garfinkel. Okay, Mr. Garfinkel. All right, thank you. 
A number of items. First of all, much of what the city attorney said, I felt was kind of irrelevant to what was going on. For instance, he said that staff decides what's relevant uh, for the public to see. I mean, that's, that's a bit silly, I think. Uh, the public should have access to the process during the entire life of the process. I applaud Ms. Sheehan for putting in the effort to evaluate this, to look at this, but then she lives there. She's going to be affected by uh, what uh, this project is going to do. The average citizen here in Alameda, they don't, we don't know what's going on on the base. We trust that it's going to be done in such a way that it preserves the historic uh, texture of, of the base. Um, you know, including documents in the agenda, I think it's a day late in the Dulles Shore. I mean, the pig's already out of the barn. People need to be able to access this information well ahead of time. Uh, Mr. Thomas, I believe, said that 40% of the new of the housing there is going to be low, uh, it's going to be affordable. I, I really don't see that happening unless they are counting moving some of the current uh, uh, point uh, collaborative housing over into this and then counting that as part of the 40%. Um, as far as uh, going by the planning board, that's sort of a meaningless exercise. I've watched the planning board for years. And of the hundreds of recommendations made by planning staff, uh, probably 99% of them have been rubber stamped by the uh, planning board uh, without a careful evaluation. Uh, and as far as something being standard practice, you know, standard practice doesn't mean appropriate practice. It just means that's what they've been able to get away with over all the years. They need to adopt a practice that will make the uh, information available to the public in a timely way, not a week or two weeks before a city council meeting and or before a planning board meeting. The public should be aware of when the work is being done, the decisions are being made, and the public should then have access to it. You know, Ms. Sheehan lives in one of the big whites, which, which uh, were the old uh, officer's quarters. And my understanding is that many of those uh, uh, buildings are in very poor repair. It's like the city is allowing them to uh, deteriorate and then they'll be able to justify tearing them down. So I applaud Ms. Yen for bringing this forward. I think we need an open process, uh, not a standard process. Thank you. Thank you. Are there any one yes. more? Uh, Francisco Sprouse. Oh, let me, sorry, I forgot to lower his hand. Okay. Uh, hello, my name is uh, Francisco Sprouse. Um, uh, to give you a bit of who I am, I am a senior software engineer for a local tech company. Um, I wanted to provide a little bit of context as to why staff might not provide hyperlinks in their documentation. Um, anyone who has worked with URLs um, knows that these things are not permanent. They can change for any number of reasons, many of which are out of control of the city. And I think it makes absolute sense that the city would use the things that are permanent, which are the uh, document references and not things that are transient like hyperlinks. That is all. Thank you. Uh, Carmen Reed. Go ahead, Ms. Reed. Thank you. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, great. 
So good evening, commissioners, and, and thank you for your work on the commission and for affording me an opportunity to speak. Oops, oops, I'm so sorry, that was my, I clicked the wrong thing. Let me restart for a minute. Oh, okay. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Thanks so much. I'll just start again, I guess, if that's okay. Um, so good evening, commissioners, and thank you for your work on the commission and for affording me an opportunity to speak. The main question regarding this complaint appears centered on whether or not the public was provided documents in order to be able to meaningfully participate in a public meeting brought forth by the city. Were those documents readily available? Well, I did a quick search and started on the CEQA checklist. When I opened it, it was a 40-page document and buried on page seven was a link to the base reuse Alameda Point page. Would an outsider understand they would need to click on this specific link? From there, I went to the Main Street Neighborhood Reshape link, which then listed the Reshape DDA and other buried documents, including old drawings, etc. The information is not all vertically organized under Reshape. Essentially, these documents are not presented by the city staff up front and center on, these, uh, on the agenda page as they should be. There's no good reason any average person interested in understanding what is being presented by the agenda item should be digging deep into the city website documents. The EIR document, for example, should have had a direct link from the agenda. And furthermore, I'm wondering why the city only reference the 2022 housing element and the 2021 general plan also buried in the website and why they did not include the more current versions of those documents and whether or not they apply to the agenda item. Another concern um, and question is, were all of the links that led to the documents that were referenced within the checklist printed out and available at the city library? So we're a thousand pages available and actually printed. And can you please clarify this? From the outside looking in, the agenda item cites a totally new project in a different location. Even though the buried documents state the same 34 acres, they are not the same. And it remains unclear how staff has navigated around this without providing substantive information to the public to support their claims and lack of further analysis. Also, Mr. Thomas stated a, um, a couple of inaccuracies. The documents provided on the agenda do not actually provide a thousand pages of documents. Those may be all of the buried documents. And if you do a, go a Google search for Alameda Point Final EIR, once again, Alameda Point Final EIR, referenced in the CEQA checklist, what pops up is in fact an old city website that is broken and the next link to the uh, and the link to the final EIR page says pardon our dust. So I think that that is very problematic. For these reasons, I believe that this complaint should be sustained under um, Sunshine Ordinance 2 Your time is up. Point nine. If I could just finish for a second, um, and your commission should support greater transparency to ensure that the public has sufficient and clear information when participating in our city government. Thank you. Thank you. All right, are there any more speakers? There are no more. So at this point, uh, it's time for a commissioner discussion uh, as to where each of us are at on this issue. 
Commissioner Tilas, I see you moving. Yeah. Um, before that, can I ask a question? I know we're going a little backwards, but it just got triggered. Um, I guess city attorney. <laughs> okay, so I'm looking at the agenda from that meeting, and maybe Mr. Thomas could help out as well. And there's, I'm going to keep this very simple. A whole bunch of attachments there, and this is what's deemed important or relevant to this project. And it's been brought up that it went from being something of 34 acres and down to smaller acres and being moved. Clearly, I haven't read all of these exhibits, but I'm gonna take your word for it. It says plans and all this. So what is on there? Is it just talking about the new project or is there any reference to what was happening before and all that stuff to give the public a, you know, a idea of what is truly happening here and just sort of wanna gauge the impartiality of what's in these attachments? I think the, the place to start is the staff report which is the first document. All those exhibits are exhibits to the staff report. The staff report for both, there's two items on that agenda. Uh, Reshape is the first one, West Midway is the second one. So, and, and the, the staff reports, they're, they're listed side by side on the agenda. The staff reports for those two items very clearly discuss the relationship for the two, why the two are interlinked and the entire history of both of those projects. So the Reshape and the West Midway staff reports describe a little bit about what Ms. Sheehan's describing. In 2018, we thought the project would be over here, the Reshape and West Midway would be here. Then there was the, the, the beginning of, and the staff report describes this process that occurred over two years, which include council hearings, planning board workshops, where it was then discussed and thought about, wait a second, maybe it would make more sense for a whole variety of reasons to shift them across. The council then had a term sheet public hearing a year before July where they discussed it specifically and made the decision, not the final decision, but said, yeah, that is a good idea. We should switch the locations of these two projects. And then for the next year, the staff city staff with the staff from the affordable housing developers and the staff from the West Midway project, we all started working together to create these final documents, which ultimately the, neither project can go forward without council approval of these final documents. So um, we made a big effort, because we knew this was a project that had been going on for several, the planning of it had been going on for, well, we've been working on the Reshape project for over 10 years, trying to make that happen. So it's had a lot of twists and turns. Um, but yes, I think what you have to start with is the staff report. That describes the history. Then there's the exhibits that then support the final, the final decisions. Um, Thank you. Well, just, yeah, I was gonna say, why are, we, why are we shifting around our procedures here? I, I think we should stick to the procedures, right? So if like, we're gonna go back to questions, I think we, oh, the complaint, a chance to respond, and then need to, again, open it up to public comment, right? I it, no, I'm it just was, gonna, was, I'm just okay, saying, well, like, we should it stick was to It triggered by something that procedures. was said afterward. I didn't think of this until that time, so that I went out of place and I asked permission to go out of place because I didn't think of it during that session, so that was okay. sort of where so, I was at so with yeah, that and then one. I, I think we would we vote then, right, to, to, to well, I think to she said procedures. yes, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I guess, okay. If, if I, that's I asked the way for permission. Works. Okay, yeah, okay. all right. 
Well, then, thank you. I, I think that we should allow Ms. Xi'an to uh, respond. And then we're back to discussion with, with uh, so, between um, ourselves. Yeah, um, th that, what Mr. Thomas describes is actually the problem. What he reports to you happened is not accurate. Um, the uh, reshape, sorry, the reshape relocation was discussed with nobody except internally. He says so. I wrote you uh, today, I, I sent you the last of many, right, um, uh, documents that say, that's called uh, uh, Sunshine Statements and Facts. Okay, so um, I just used the, 20, uh, the July 18th, 2023 reshap staff summary report as my example. And it, this has been happening since they, since they, since the housing element started getting involved. That's when they started really dinking around behind closed doors. So um, there, no, there was no um, review before the reshape parcel was changed, except what, that Mr. Um, what Mr. Thomas has reported was you can't say we thought it would go better here and we dinked around with it. That's not proper procedure. It's not transparent, and it didn't um, allow public. Uh, comment and it certainly didn't um, take input from the collaborative partners in any meaningful way, except maybe in a coercive way, because what choice did they have, right? And then um, there, there, the the development of the reshape parcel and said codification in Main Street plan was supposed to protect its integrity, right? So th that they even wanted to change it in the first place, they don't they don't have a good rationale for, it, right? Like why would you overrule it? You've never answered that question. Um, so what he said in, I think it's uh, 10, I know, it, so um, was, okay, first of all, when they said, when they talked about the reshape parcel, they, they in the staff summary report, they made it, they explicitly stated that it had been eight acres all along. Well, actually, in 2015, it was 13.2. And during the EIR, it was actually 17.6 or something like that. By the time it was in the um, uh, Main Street plan, it was 10.3 acres. And then by the time it was in the RFQ, it was uh, 9.7 acres. So by the time it's over on the other side, it's, it has no design. It, they completely abandoned the design that they spent $350,000 in two years on and plunked it over there in a place that's not appropriate for a traumatized population with no explanation except stuff that went on behind closed door. This doesn't make any sense. And it all benefit the market rate. And put it, there's no explanation of why it's okay to put the market rate affordable homes on a campus that was supposed to be for the supportive housing. I, I'm not even arguing whether it was uh, okay or not, because th but there's no process shown. I can only go from my own judgment that I don't think it's okay, So, but I should be able to look at like why they think it's okay, right? That's what a transparent process is for. The process was hidden, and I don't think it's okay. So, um, okay, so um, uh, Mr. Thomas, oh, and the, the uh, summary report in, on July 18th on the reshape parcel said, in 2021, city staff reshaped, reshaped Catellus and Brookfield made the determination that relocating the reshaped campus from Main Street at the eastern end of Alameda to Pan Am Way near the center of Alameda Point resulted in a better, more integrated site plan for West Midray and for reshape. That's just a claim. There's no evidence, there's no metrics, there's no, there's no comparison. And it also, this occurred um, in secret meetings behind closed doors. So um, that, 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 you know, that, 
that's a violation of the Sunshine Ordinance, uh, for sure. And um, that's what, it, it, throughout, through, throughout 2020, late 2021 and early 2022, that's when all these changes happened. You know, we went from 267 to 309. No explanation except that, well, we want to put the, we've upped the armed market rate, so we're going to put more there. Well, that's, the supportive partners costs are supposed to be for the supportive partners. So where's this? Where's the rationale for that? You know, why would you shrink it and put, put more on it? And it's double the density of the market rate, so that's not equitable. And it's also segregated because they all put them all in one spot instead of sprinkled, which, you know, that's not a violation of the Sunshine Ordinance. That's a violation of our, our housing policies. But the fact of how they did it and why is what makes it a violation of the Sunshine Ordinance. Okay, so let's get back on the agenda. We're in the point where commissioners can discuss how we're feeling about this issue. So I, I I'll, Mr. Chair. Chair, thank you. Um, so to me, um, I, I think I wanna just first, um, my first comment is agreeing with one of the public commenters. I wanna thank you, Ms. Sheehan, for your time and research on this. Um, uh, so really, really do appreciate that. I also wanna um, uh, thank you for highlighting some of the broken links because I, I think as someone who has to maintain a website, hearing the other commenter about, you know, kind of hyperlinks and how they break, Commissioner Tilios referencing uh, some of those challenges with caching and whatnot, I, I can sympathetic to that. Uh, so I want to appreciate, you know, staff's efforts uh, as well. Uh, I know a lot of time goes into these things. Um, you know, that said, to me, this really falls down on an ease of access question. Um, I, I, I think I hear what you're saying, Ms. Sheehan, but I, I can't really, um, I can't really judge the policy items. I, I think a lot of them are outside of our purview. Um, but working in government and having to do research, I, I know how difficult and challenging it could be to navigate Legistar and to find information. And um, you know, I, I think I'm thinking back to some of our discussion from the last meeting in terms of the spirit of the Sunshine Ordinance, and it's it's right there in 2.90.1, um, easy and timely access to all public records. And, uh, you know, whether or not some of these documents are time-barred, I, I think this does come down to a, a matter of practice, and if the city is going to reference documents in a staff report, I think to make it easy for the public to access those documents with a link that we know works, we should include it as reference material. I mean, it's just kind of going back to college, going back to grad school, you include something, reference it. Um, so that, that's kind of how I see this, this issue, but um, you know, I, I, I guess I'm open to commission discussion and deliberation. A yeah, lot of silence. I guess we're all really thinking how we should attack this. I uh, appreciate your uh, comments there. So it's putting down a path, and you brought up the time bar stuff. So I'm thinking maybe we try to formulate how we want to answer the question. Like, do we even start with, are we even considering 
the stuff prior to, or are we just considering the stuff for this July meeting? Chair, if oh, you want to go that we're, way. We're or we're, we are time barred. The question is whether or not the complainant Okay, okay. just want to be uh, aligned. Okay, so we're, easy access to materials to be an informed public. Okay. So, you know, 10 years of work by city staff and several city councils. Uh, sometimes it's kind of messy when it's all comes down to one particular vote. And this particular vote was just to agree to move forward on this project. Is that correct? So more changes could happen. Okay, so I don't, may I? Yes. I think we just got to answer the question is like, were, do we believe that accessibility was there? And I think it probably was there, but did it meet the bar of easy? Is that what we're going for, commissioners? I don't see much merit to this claim, so I'm, to the extent that what you guys are deliberating is finding in support of it, I don't see um, a violation of the Sunshine Ordinance. And I don't think that a violation of the goal of the ordinance is, um, is what is that issue here. So I'm, I'm a deny. I liked what uh, Commissioner Miley said. I, um, you know, it's, it seems fairly simple to be able to supply a link. Uh, it seems fairly, as, I'm struggling because there was so much in content with all of this that I'm just trying to dismiss it all and that's why it's taking me so long to formulate is really what's, I, I've been at the subject of, of some of these before in litigation where, I mean, I've been at a, I've been at court order where, where a defense counsel has had to produce documents, rel, you know, relevant to a court order. And I've been, you know, warehouse B with no index at all was where I was directed to. And I had to figure it all out myself. And that was considered legitimate. <laughs> so that was very challenging. Um, but with this, with, with the Sunshine Ordinance and what, Commissioner Miley was discussing, that was the first thing that hit me. It's like, why, why aren't there links? I mean, that, that is, seems so fundamental uh, to be able to understand what's going on. And because the project has been going on for so long, it seems like that would just make it all the easier to provide a coherent and uh, easy roadmap onto what to find, especially in the last stages of it. Um, I'm not necessarily sure that we're all here trying to find for a violation or not for a violation. I think we're just trying to figure out whether or not, um, what is it about the Sunshine Ordinance that Sheehan has really pointed out that, has, that, that she's getting? What's the crux of it? Is it, well, is it just links? Because that was her first complaint to the city. I, these links aren't working, and then they were working. Um, I'm just trying to, trying to formulate that. Commissioner Tilos. 
Yeah. I also want to bring up, um, we had the prior case, and this was more of the Public Records Act, especially with um, the police department, and I've mentioned before that it has gotten better throughout the years. And I think what could be happening is there is that, you know, all the newer stuff, all these attachments, everyone agreed that all the stuff in the agenda, easily findable, it's a link, you got to it. I think both sides have agreed and aligned that you could get those. But it seems when you dig deeper, that stuff is sort of broken. And the thing is, though, when you go deeper, that's older stuff. So I'm thinking people aren't here in the present time making the old stuff from 10 years ago easily available. They're dealing with everything that's happening now. So I could see that progression happening, and does it make it findable for the older stuff? It's, it is harder. It'd be just like if we're looking stuff up in the library. We go to the library right now, we could find all our current stuff easily. Everything's on a computer, everything's been scanned. But if you're trying to find like the Jean Sweeney documents, some, you know, when she found the railroad park, I mean, she had to do some real digging. And I think that's sort of what's happening here is like, we've made progress to the newer stuff, but the older stuff isn't there. So then I can't really say, does the Sunshine Ordinance say that, hey, everything has to be made easily, but I think we're making an effort to make everything easy. So that's where I'm sort of there. I think everything was accessible. I'm leaning towards there was no violation because it was there. All the easy current stuff was on the agenda. You could link it, but then to go one layer in, we're probably was able to do. But as our complaint said, it's when she tried to go deeper and deeper, that's where some stuff was breaking. And you know, that stuff probably wasn't scanned correctly. It's thousands of documents. and all that, so that's where I'm sort of leaning with this, is like, I don't think there's a violation made, but I know that from what we've been doing with the Alameda Police and the whole record system, it is getting better. And I would say everything from the last two, three years is probably easily accessible, but some of this older stuff is probably just not there. It's, it's just, you know, it's not keeping up with the times. And no one on staff is going back and taking stuff from 20 years ago or 10 years ago and making it easy. Yeah, Ms. Ms. Sheehan, um, I've been in your shoes before where you're doing research and then you hit these walls and you, you just keep, you know, I, I take it you're a very um, tenacious person <laughs> and, and you're probably, desert, I, I'm sorry, you, you can't respond, uh, but I'm just trying to say, you know, you probably have earned a, uh, some kind of degree in research from trying to get to the bottom of this of of the whole reshape and midway midway project um, having said that uh, I think that if every single issue on the city council agenda had someone uh, as tenacious as you trying to look into every detail of how the project emerged and all these other things um, the wheels of government would probably fall off only because, no, only because government has to do the work they're tasked to do. Yes, they have to be transparent and open. And in a perfect world, they would be. But we're not in a perfect world. We're trying to push for a better world. And the issues you've raised today are, uh, a call for all staff and all of us to be more aware of how documents that are important should be made more accessible. So 
that's that's my only comment. You know, I, I, I think just kind of launching us through through the chair, launching us down this path. Uh, you know, I I, I I tend to agree that um, uh, sustaining a a violation, I I, I understand that, um, and, and that's why I was referencing back to our discussion from last month because it, it's one of those things where. Um, I, I completely see the challenge with doing this type of research. And I, I see it from the staff, the, you know, end two, having to sit on that side. Um, I, I just, I, I really hope we can figure out a way collectively to um, move something forward today that um, addresses that practice. Uh, b b because I, I, I think that it is not a big leap for the city to make documents we reference in a staff report easily accessible, right? I, I get going to the website and Googling it. I've had to do that. I think you've, you've heard a lot of us have had to do that. That's not always easy. I, I think case in point why we're here tonight. Um, and so I, I don't know what that motion looks like. I'm hoping there's some uh, brighter minds than mine on the uh, commission tonight that might be able to help us move in a, a direction that I, I think I'm hearing some consensus on in terms of, um, you know, yes, things were accessible, but were they, were they easy? How do, we, how do we codify that in a, in a decision? Commissioner? Nothing? So is there a motion? Why don't you take a stab at it, Commissioner Miley? I, I, I'll take a stab at it. Um, I, I think I, I need to ask the chair, still being new, and, and I, I know this is pretty much come up in every conversation that we've had so far. Um, so the, the commission does have a report that we publish, um, you know, with findings and things for correction. Um, I, I, I think I'm going to kind of, I think, borrow some of Commissioner Telios's spirit about, um, you know, in those previous discussions about how, how do we add some, you know, if we, if a motion is moved forward tonight that um, denies the complaint, um, but, but how do we move some, some meat with, uh, you know, saying this practice of making uh, information easily accessible, um, you know, in a staff report. Uh, how do we go about, you know, accomplishing that? That's just part of the um, the finding. So it'll be whatever it is we decide, right? Whether we we deny it or sustain it, we can still put our comments in to say we highly recommend the city begin. Uh, or begin to or continue to or enhance the fact that they add links to any reports mentioned in an agenda item and in a staff report. Mm -hmm. That seems so easy. And then it, it um, Ms. Sheehan had to spend a lot of time finding those documents when she could have found them when she j could hit a link that was live. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, Again, you know, I, I know that some of our uh, callers are often frustrated that we don't 
come out here and change the world, but we're not here to change the world. We're just trying to say, you know, we understand why people come before us. People come before us because something wrong has happened. And if that wrong thing has happened, uh, this commission can only decide whether it was wrong according to the Sunshine Ordinance. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, we can say something was not cool or something <laughs> happened that really was frustrating, but we can't, you know, I was just uh, thinking about the rule of law, you know, because it's kind of on all of our minds right now that uh, we have to follow the rule of law, but that doesn't stop us from saying, but we found that blah, 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 and then in our annual report, we list all the items that we find in every single complaint we get. So I, I've assured people who call us, we are listening and we do hear you, but that doesn't mean we can change the rules of the Sunshine Ordinance. I have one comment. So as a practical matter, the complaining with um, Ms. Sheehan complains that something wasn't easily available. And the evidence against that is the city saying it was. So as a practical matter, here is the commissioner. It's their word against theirs. And how do we determine that to be fact? If something is or is not available, I mean, she wouldn't be here if it wasn't. If it was available, we had a caller, public comment, do a test. Things weren't available. I mean, I didn't do a test. I, I feel like I failed my duty in that respect. Um, I did read both staff reports. Um, I did find them coherent. <laughs> so, uh, I found them, uh, I, I learned a lot more than I ever wanted to know about what was going on out there, but I, I'm kind of finding it's, it's either their word against theirs. Is, 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 that, is that what we're doing here? Well, we just have to decide whether or not the Sunshine Ordinance was violated or not. Well, it's I in whether or not I, I believe but, her or not, but, right? But we, I mean, don't, we don't have the capacity, we don't have investigators to... Right, so my question is yeah. whether or not I believe her or I believe them. Right, is that, yes? Um, yeah. well, well, that's why I really want to make that point where it's not believing one side or the other and it's sort of both of them could be right. Remember when I brought up the cachet example and that's why it was very hard to make that decision because, you know, I was able to look it up, but someone at live could not look up the same thing. So then it's like both are telling the truth. I believe that both parties in that case were telling the truth, but clearly there's something technology-wise holding it back. So then I think, you know, how I decided on that was like, you know, no one's lying here, but did the city make the effort and was it there? So clearly it was there for some people, so then I think that's where you got to say, well, is that a good enough bar to vote on? And I think that's the question we have to ask here is like, okay, we know both sides were telling the truth. Some were able to access it easily, some were not. And it's like, well, did the city do everything they can in their power to make it accessible? And I think that's the yes or no question. And I hate to say yes or no, because it's pretty black and white, but I think that's what we sort of have to ask is like, okay, did, you know, was, did they violate this? I think, for me, I think they made things accessible, and it's unfortunate that technology sort of holds us back. But technology sort of helps us at the same time. It's a lot easier now to type things in than going to the library. Commissioner Mayo. 
And I guess just to clarify, what we're focused in on is the July 18th agenda mm. and the items there, right? Not sort of things outside of that, like are there broad things not available or not hyperlinked or with broken links from 10 years ago, right? We're talking about the July 18th agenda and the attached items, is that correct? Yes, because, well, okay, here's the, here's, to me, here's the confusion in that the complainant did not cite any particular section of the Sunshine Ordinance, but asked us to look at the whole intent of the Sunshine Ordinance. So we can't say, I mean, initially when I saw this, I thought, well, you know, did the agenda say what was gonna happen? And then that's what happened. So to me, easy peasy, right? But then the more I read, <laughs> the more complicated it got. So the question I feel is that was, were the contents of the agenda uh, the attachments accessible to, to the complainant? Yes or no, because if, if she couldn't get a hold of him, then they weren't accessible. On the other hand, if another person looking at the agenda with a different computer, right, or whatever, could access it, then there wasn't a violation in general. So that's why I'm just, we're all sitting here thinking. Right, thinking so, so I think there's thinking. two questions, right? There's an accessibility question and there's a materiality question, right? And, and it seems like the, it seems like uh, we're not having a discussion around materiality. Right? I don't think that any, I don't hear anyone at least saying like something was missing that should have been there. And then there's a question about accessibility and were the documents accessible? We can read into, or you know, the goal being easy, right, as well. And so were they easily accessible? Are there links on the w website? Was the agenda published? Was it at the library? Is there a, a a, a, an index that we're all obviously responsible for reviewing periodically and making sure that that's accurate as well to make sure that there's fulsome um, availability of documents and sort of categorization. So to me, those are the two questions that I sort of like think about. I agree with Vice Chair Miley that I think practices from the city can always be improved and I agree that those sorts of things are probably best placed into a report, our report and a recommendation at the end of the year, similar to the prior discussion. But uh, to the extent that I find materiality and accessibility to have met the bar, that's where I sort of come down in terms of denial. And then um, as a potential addition to a report that we would all draft and par participate in, I agree that you know we can always recommend to the city to make improvements on that. So. I'm happy to make a motion, but uh, Commissioner Tilos, I, you know, happy. Yeah, no, I'm, yeah. I'm in agreement with you on there, and thanks for bringing it up. It's, and that was when I started the discussion, I was trying to guess the path. Are we only talking about the, the July 8th, 18th, or whatever meeting? And yes, I agree. That's what we were focused on, and that's why I brought up the question. It's like, okay, well, were the attachments there? Everyone's aligned. They were there. But to go in to those attachments and do the links and get a deeper level into it, 
that wasn't there. And that's sort of the question is like, okay, well, it's a little bit harder. But I think, like you said, nothing was missing. Nothing was omitted. The, the city made every attempt to provide, you know, the stuff for this meeting. So I'm, you know, um, sort of agreeing. So if you made that motion, and of course, we want to cite this on our report, and we'll add that to the motion. And Commissioner Miley, to your point, it's like, hey, you're asking us, like, how do we make this better? And I think, you know, we look at the stats, and we have seen that year over year, that our stats for the PR requests have gotten better. There's been sort of more fulfillments than we've had versus more of the confusion. So that we are taking it, you know, it's, it, 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 Technology is improving it, but like I said, it's only improving the go forward. And unfortunately, some of the stuff back then, it's, they're not, we don't have the staff or no one's going back to do it. The resources aren't there to go back and make all this stuff easier. So Commissioner Mao, do I hear a? Yeah, so I would motion? just actually make a simple motion uh, to, to deny the complaint. Is there a second? Second. Any more discussion? All those in favor? Oh, wait a minute, roll call. You can do, you can also do a voice vote, whatever you okay. prefer. You want a roll call vote? That's fine. Yeah, we'll do a roll call vote. Okay, uh, Commissioner Smiley? Aye. Meow? Aye. Sullivan? Aye. Tilos? Aye. Chair Chen? Aye. That carries by five ayes. All right, uh, I did wanna extend my thanks and appreciation to Ms. Sheehan because uh, just like Commissioner Miao, I, or was it Commissioner Sullivan? I, I learned more about the, uh, <laughs> the project than I had been following. And I think that's, what's really important is that you brought it up, you put your materials together, and you helped at least five, five citizens of Alameda better understand the situation and that our role is to decide whether or not the narrow focus of the Sunshine Ordinance was violated or not. But we also have a voice in informing the council as to how they can make things work better. And so without your advocacy, we wouldn't know that and we wouldn't have that to say. So I just really wanted to, to thank you. Do any of you have any other comments? Okay, thank you very much. Next. We have, we're back to our uh, regular agenda items. Does anyone need a break? No, okay. Uh, presentations, are there any presentations? No, no we, we just have the minutes on the Okay, regular. we just have the minutes. Mm -hmm. Do we have a motion? Move approval. Oh. Second? Second. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Okay, thank you. Is there a staff update? I, do, do you have an update, Miss um, McKenzie? Do you have a staff update? Or do you want me to say something? This is gonna be our last meeting with Miss McKenzie. So she is moving on to East Bay Regional Park District and we will miss her greatly. <laughs> Congratulations. I'll chime in on Zoom from time to time. <laughs> Public comment, I hope. <laughs> of course. <laughs> All right, yes. Other, and that's the staff update. Yes. 
Okay, and I wanted to just remind commissioners that if you want to put something on the agenda, you need to send an agenda request to uh, Madam City Clerk, and then what'll happen is on this on this item of the agenda, then you get to present your whatever it is you want to present. In other words, you could say, well, I think we need to set up a, com a committee, and then, then we can discuss it, because we can't set up a committee right now without prior posting. So for example, if, if after what we heard tonight and what we went through, we think it might be a good idea to recommend to staff to, before presenting an agenda on a project of this size or any size, to go through all of the citations to make sure they are ready. Is, is there a process? What is that process? Is there a bibliography process that might be easier to have all hyperlinks at the end? How, how does something like that get discussed well, or recommended? How that would be discussed is if you put on, if you request to put on the agenda a discussion on uh, better access to public documents or whatever it is you want to say, and then we discuss that at the next meeting. And I do that after this meeting via yes, email? Yes, you can, you can just but we, in order for us, the Open Government Commission, to have public notice, then it has to be noticed before that meeting. So now we come to Commissioner Communications, which is just fun stuff you want to share. Um, like we did last time, you said you went to the parade. And are there any commission communications? I went to the Art and Wine Festival. <laughs> Looks like the city's opening up. It was beautiful to see so many people out. I also went to the Antiques Fair yesterday. Michonne's out there at the point. About 5,000 people there, so it was really great. I also went to the Art and Wine Festival and had my first corn dog in four years. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> They're really good every four years. Any other commissioner show and tell? No? Okay, then this meeting is adjourned. Thank you. Thank you. Madam Chair. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs>